did. It's good to see you all. If you would please turn your Bible this morning to Luke chapter 2. One of my favorite chapters of the Bible when it comes to the birth of the Lord. And uh, Galatians chapter 4. Those two verses of Scripture, if you would. What did you say? Luke chapter 2 and Galatians 4. Galatians 4. I just want to read some verses there. I just was thinking last night and this morning sitting there at the table about the wonder of Jesus being born a Savior. In Luke chapter 2, verse 1, And it came to pass in those days that there went out a decree from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be taxed. And this taxing was first made when Caesarea was governor of Syria. And all went to be taxed, everyone into his own city. And Joseph also went up from Galilee, out of the city of Nazareth, into Judea, under the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house of lineage of David, to be taxed with Mary, his spouse, wife, being great with child. And so it was that while they were there, the days were accomplished that she should be delivered. And she brought forth her firstborn son, and wrapped him in swaddling clothes, laid him in a manger, because there was no room for them in the inn. And there went in the same country shepherds abiding in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And lo, the angel of the Lord came upon him, and the glory of the Lord shone round about them, and they were so afraid. And the angel said unto them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. And this shall be a sign unto you. You shall find the baby wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was the angel of multitude of heavenly hosts, praising God, and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill towards men. It came to pass that angels were gone away from them into heaven, the shepherds said one to another, Let us now go even into Bethlehem and see this thing which is come to pass, which the Lord had made known to us. And when they came with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in the manger, and when they had seen it, they made known abroad the saying which was told them concerning this child. And all they that heard it wondered at those things which were told them by the shepherds. But Mary kept all these things and pondered them in her heart. And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things that they had heard and seen as it was told them. Pray with me, please. Heavenly Father, I do thank you for so much for your Son Jesus, our Savior, coming to this world and how you accomplished it. It's amazing when we sit down and think about it. And I ask you, dear Lord, let the Holy Spirit speak to our hearts today. In Jesus' name we ask it. Amen. I, I get amazed 
when I go down the streets of Brandon and Tampa and around, even in my neighborhood, at the neighbors that, uh, uh, I hate to say it, but they live like the devil all year. But when it comes to Christmas time, they put up the manger scene, they put up uh, everything about Jesus, they put up lights, and they, and they make a big thing out of the birth of Christ. I never have understood that. If they don't glorify Him all year, why do they want to pick one day out of the year to do such a thing? I'll never know. Good to see you. But uh, I do know that they, they try to glorify His name or try to make a big deal out of it with lights and so on. But the birth of Jesus is a wonderment to all of us, I believe. I know it is to me. But the birth of Jesus is a fact. And uh, we can build our salvation on the birth of Jesus, just like the crucifixion. I come to this conclusion some years ago, that if you don't believe in the birth of Jesus, then the crucifixion is no good to you either. Uh, it's, it, the birth of Jesus is just as much part of our salvation as the crucifixion. Galatians chapter 4, for just a minute. And look with me in verse 4 and 5. Galatians chapter 4, verse 4 and 5. But when the fullness of time was come, God sent forth His Son, made of a woman, made under the law, to redeem them that were under the law, that we might receive the adoption of sons. I laughed at a guy who was talking to me here a while back, that he don't believe that Jesus is God in the flesh, that how could He be the Son on earth and God in heaven at the same time. And I said, you missed the whole point. The Bible says here in Galatians that God made him so. Amen. What a wonder. I, I wonder. I don't know how it was done. I don't believe the human mind can conceive how that was done. But I know it was. And according to Scripture, uh, Jesus is the Son of God. He is God in the flesh. And anyone who dies of virgin birth uh, denies the sacrificial death of uh, Jesus on the cross. Because Isaiah 9 and verse 6 tells us the child Jesus born was the son Jesus given. That's the crucifixion. He's talking about both the virgin birth and Isaiah 9 and verse 6 and also the crucifixion at the same time. The psalmist says, This child was to be from everlasting to everlasting, thou art God. This child was to be both God and man, united in God and man. Now, in verse 4, uh, notice with me in chapter 2 of Luke, verse 4, And Joseph also went up from Galilee, out of the city of Nazareth, into Judea, unto the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was the house and lineage of David. Jesus was born in a stable, no reservation, no holiday inns, and no place for him to be. Just a uh, little holdout place, if you would, that they called a stable in the side of the mountain. Now the wonder of it all begins in verse 8. And there were in the same country shepherds abiding in the field, keeping their over their flock by night. And lo, the angel of the Lord came unto them, 
Can you imagine that for just a minute? An angel coming to you, born in the stable, cradled in a manger, and all of heaven is stirred. Notice the message of the angel. Fear not. Can I give you something just a minute? I don't know about you, but I fear God. I really do. I fear God. Uh, I was taught as a young boy, my daddy always told me, now I can't keep my eye on you all the time, but there's an all-seeing eye watching you. He told me that all the time. If I leave the house every time, he said, there's an all-seeing eye. I didn't understand what he was talking about. I really didn't. But then one day I realized he was talking about God watches you. And that scared me to death to think about that Almighty God watches me everything I do. And that causes a fear in me. But it's not since I got saved, it's a different fear. I'm not afraid of His, uh, like the holiness people wanted to picture God sitting on His throne, watching all of us and with a big club in His hand. And if you made one mistake, He warped your head. Uh, that's not the picture of God. God is our Heavenly Father, but you better fear Him because He could just speak a word and you wouldn't be, period. He could create, creates all things. But the good news is that here the Bible says to fear not. Amen. You know what? When I admit Jesus is my personal Savior, there's not been that kind of fear in my heart anymore. There's been a reverential fear. There's been a fear of man alive. Can you imagine being in the presence of Almighty God? Now that's a wonder. That'll always be. I laugh at these people. When I get to heaven, I'm going to tell God. Or when I get to heaven, I'm going to ask God. Or I'm going to do this to God. I say, you kidding me? You get to heaven, you'll be so in such awe of the majesty of God. You ain't going to say nothing. And there's a beautiful... Notice in John 3.16, it's all summed up in one great verse. You know what makes a difference? For God so loved. What, what thrills me is the last part. I love this. Suddenly there appeared with God the angels a multitude of the heavenly hosts in praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill towards men. Can you imagine the uh, uh, thunder of voices and a multitude? He's going to try to knock me down and almost did. But uh, I, I got thinking about this. Can you hear the multitude of the heavenly host at that time? Now, I, when I look at the manger scenes that people put out today, they got a few, just a few people around. But the Bible says there's a multitude of the heavenly host there. I believe that all heaven was open where they could see this scene. Now, the good news is found in verse 10 and verse 11 of chapter 2 of Luke. Verse 10, And the angel said unto them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. You know why I love preaching so much? I've never met a man woman or child that God didn't love. That God did not want to save. I don't care how bad they are. I don't care how wicked they are. God still loves them. Now that to me is a miracle. 
simply because I know me. There's some people I just don't like. I, I'm sorry, but I can't get along with them. I try. There was a man over, I've told you all about it, but the man over at lake, I tried every way in the world to be kind to that guy and uh, treat him like a good neighbor. He wouldn't let you. He wouldn't let you. And there's just some people that just rub you raw, if I can put it that way. But God said the miracle of Jesus is He loves everybody. You know what that says? Everybody's got the same chance to get saved as anybody else. Anybody can go to heaven if they want to. I, I preached a sermon when I got a message that uh, why do people go to hell? You know why people go to hell? Because they want to. That's the only reason anybody go to hell. Because everybody has the same chance. And you can either go to heaven or go to hell. And I believe this. In 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 55 through verse 57, says that Jesus was born to conquer sin, death, and the grave. Now, what makes the gospel so great is, is that it conquers sin. Sin brings forth death. So death has been conquered by the birth of the Lord Jesus Christ. That's good news. Good news again is the grave is robbed. In 1 Corinthians 15, verse 55, O death, where is thy sting? O grave, where is thy victory? I preached a many a funeral, and I've told people this, and I know it's true because I've been with so many that's died. There is a sting of death. The Bible talked about it. The unsaved goes through that. But a saved person don't suffer the sting of death. You know why? Because Jesus suffered the sting of death for us on the cross. We don't receive that. O grave, where is thy victory? The grave can't have us. We got victory over the grave. Jesus, the Son of God, robbed the grave of his victory. He went down, but he came up victorious. Jesus died once. He will never die again. Now, if I'm in Christ, and I am, by the new birth, therefore I live forevermore. The grave cannot have me. I have a new life. Good news again. Since Jesus came, all my sins are gone. Do you know what haunts a lot of people? The past. The past. I know the devil tries to get me to think on the past. And you know what I tell him? Leave me alone. Just go home and leave me alone. And the Bible says, resist the devil and he'll flee from me. Every one of us has got things in our past that we're ashamed of. We just shouldn't have done them. I, I've done so many crazy things as a young man before I got saved that I wished I had not done. And the old devil brings them up to me and I said, hey, you need to go home and leave me alone because my sins are gone. And I mean all of them. Amen. And we make mistakes today. And we sin today. And we're sorry of them. And the old devil reminds us of them all. Though. But you know what I come to conclude another one day I was reading about? The Bible says that all our sins are gone. Amen. Think about that. The blood of Jesus Christ, 1 John 1, 7. The blood of Jesus Christ cleanses us from 150,000 sins. No. From all sins. Now, I don't know about you, but that's good news to me. And good news is that God's plan of salvation is made simple. John 3.16 For God so loved the world, whosoever believeth in Him. 
Uh, John 3.36, He that believeth on Him. That's easy. That's simple. Amen? You know what bothers me a lot? Is hearing some Bible students and Bible preachers that want to make salvation hard. You've got to do certain things. You've got to do this. You've got to do that if you want to get saved. No. The truth is that God done done it all. That's simple. And He made it simple for us. I can't get any simpler than John 3.16. That's good news that Jesus loves us. Luke chapter 2, verse 15 down through verse 20. I won't read them again, but notice it came to pass, as the angels were gone away from them into heaven, the shepherds said one to another, Let us go now into Bethlehem and see this thing which the Lord, uh, which has come to pass, which the Lord has made known to us. You know the faith of these shepherds. Notice they did not say, let us go and see if this thing has come to pass. They said, let us go see this thing that has come to pass. That's faith. Amen. Notice again, they believed before they saw Jesus. Did you know that's true of saving faith? You remember what Jesus said to one of the disciples? Uh, John... He said, John, uh, I believe it. No. It was one of the disciples, anyhow, he said, Put your hands in my side and so on and feel me. Uh, blessed thou hast seen me, blessed those more so that has not seen me and believe. I've never seen Jesus. Think about it. I've never seen him, but I know he lives. One smart guy was talking to me one day, how do you know Jesus lives? I said, something in me weren't there before. Amen. And I got news for you. I talked to him this morning. I prayed this morning. He talked to me when I read the Bible this morning. Uh, me and Mary's been having the best times in the morning. Uh, I got a trained wife, don't you all to know. I got her making my coffee and bringing my foils. But uh, we sit there and read the Bible sometime and talk about things and and the, the amazement of it is just uh, that God lets us have the Bible to just explain to us things that we don't understand. That's amazing to me. That God would open our hearts and minds that we can have faith in God. I've never seen Him, but His Word tells us all about Him. Everything we need to know. <laughs> That's what every child of God ought to do, I'd be doing as a Christian, is proclaiming this truth that Jesus has come. Jesus came in this world to save sinners. I love being a pastor, but if I wasn't a pastor before I ever became a pastor, we were sitting and talking about a friend of mine, uh, Cohen Mobley, yesterday. And, and Cohen Mobley, me and him got saved on the same night. And uh, the preacher got up and said one Sunday, now, if we had a bus, we had somebody driving a bus to go out and picking up people, man, we could really do something here in this church. It really mean people. So me and Cohen got up $250 a piece, which was a lot back then. And we went to Clearwater and bought one of the old city transit buses. I mean, that thing was all air, run on air. I mean, that big old diesel motor, but the air brakes and the air door and the air everything. You open the door, shh, and you hear the brakes when you get shh. 
and we had 85 kids on it one time. And we come down a hill over by Waters Avenue and started up the hill and the motor cut off. And I told Courtney, he, I drove and he told, kept them all busy. And I said, you better run back here and tell them people to get out of the way. These brakes are going down. And he did. And he rolled back down the hill. We rolled back and forth. And I've thought about it a many a time. How many of those little boys and girls and men and women? Did you know that uh, Mrs. Uh, Bartlett rode our Sunday school bus? And think of all the people that she influenced and came to this church because of that bus route. You know why? Because we were concerned about leading somebody to salvation in Christ. That's all it was about. wasn't for anything else. This is a little thing. Come in, my Lord. Come in. And make my heart thy home. Come in and cleanse my soul from sin. And dwell with me alone. Now, I've seen the Lord my Savior by faith in His Word. Jesus has come to save sinners like me. What I'm talking about is I don't have to put up decorations. I don't have to put up a Christmas tree. But I love to do it just for the fun of it. But that don't mean that to me. I, there was a preacher preached a sermon some years ago. I can't remember his name right now. But he preached on uh, why Christians should not have a Christmas tree. And he went on talking about the the uh, Germans started as uh, heathens, you know, worshiping the Christmas tree and the ornaments put, put on the tree. And, and so he made it so bad. And I come home and I was about ready to burn my Christmas tree. And I thought to myself, I don't worship no tree. I don't worship them ornaments. I have fun with them, with my kids. And getting around the tree and seeing them full of joy receiving a gift because of getting together around the tree, just having fun, but for crying out loud, I ain't worshiping that tree. And when I uh, put up a manger scene, I don't know if that's the right scene there or not. Do you? Nobody else. The only reason I do it is because it reminds me of the Lord Jesus. My Savior, He's real to me. He's not some ornament or some plaything. The good news is He's real through the Word of God. Amen? I love it. I love the Bible. And my favorite chapter when it comes to the birth of Jesus is chapter 2 of Luke. It just tells it like it is. Amen? God, I'm saved today. I pray. Uh, 